You are Locked On Lions, your daily Detroit Lions podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Tuesday afternoon, everybody. It is Locked On Lions. Matt Derry with you on the Locked On Podcast and Network, your team every day. Welcome in. Thank you for joining us and tuning in today as the Lions continue to get ready for Sunday's game against the Chicago Bears. Coming up on the show today, Jim Caldwell, Daryl Bevel, Mitchell Trubisky. Those are the topics on today's Locked On Lions, proudly brought to you by Pepsi. Made for football watching. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day. No matter how you watch this season, Pepsi is a refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Follow us on Twitter at Derry Speaks, D-E-R-Y Speaks, at Locked On Lions, and also the Matt Derry Facebook fan page. How's everybody doing? We got snow here in the Motor City. We're going to have Wednesday afternoon football tomorrow at 3.40 with the Steelers and the Ravens. How the Ravens have been able to escape a forfeit with their strength coach basically uh, uh, passing COVID on to their team is unbelievable. The Denver Broncos had to start a practice squad wide receiver quarterback. They had to play Sunday. Yet the Ravens keep getting their games moved back. It's such a weird double standard. Um... All right, where are we going today with the show? I mentioned Jim Caldwell. This will be, okay, mark my words, December 1st, 2020. Matt Derry, Locked On Lions. I am promising you this right here. I'm going to take a drink of water. I'm going to make you this promise right here. This will be the final time that we talk about Jim Caldwell on this show. Unless he, like, gets the Lions job or becomes a head coach again. Jim Caldwell... Today broke his silence about the Lions in an appearance on the Adam Schefter podcast on ESPN.com. Now, it's more of the same. It's a lot of the same. It is what it is. It's the deifying that is going on of Jim Caldwell right now is completely unnecessary. Jim Caldwell is a good man. Jim Caldwell is very respected. But Jim Caldwell didn't do a good job with the Lions. Why are we sitting here? Because his successor was so horrible. Okay, Jim Caldwell was not horrible. Jim Caldwell was not awful. Matt Patricia was horrible. And Matt Patricia was awful. So I get all that. All right, 13-29-1 for Matt Patricia is a complete uh, failure. Jim Caldwell was 36-28. and 28. All right, gave him the highest winning percentage of any coach in team history. How many playoff wins for Jim Caldwell? How many division titles for Jim Caldwell? How many championships? Okay, zero, zero, zero. The list can go on and on. In 2017, when he was fired, nobody, nobody said it was a mistake. Everybody said Bob Quinn's doing the right thing. Uh, Martha Firestone Ford's doing the right thing. Whoever was in charge that made the final call, ousting Jim Caldwell was correct. 
9-7 and seven and not making the playoffs, being a little bit above average, isn't good enough. It's time to get better. We have revisionist history in this town because now everybody's on the Jim Caldwell bandwagon because his successor sucked so bad. Who would you rather have, Jim Caldwell or Matt Patricia? Right. Of course. Caldwell. But let's stop sitting here saying, what would you rather have, a five-day-old hamburger off the side of the road or some sizzling hot filet mignon? Caldwell was not a filet. Let's pump the brakes a little bit. So today he goes on Schefter's podcast, and he didn't take any, uh, you know, direct shots at Matt Patricia. Never said the words Matt or Patricia. But he was asked about why things didn't work in Detroit for his successor. Quote, here's the thing that's always kind of driven my entire philosophy in terms of coaching. You have to adapt your offense to your personnel, okay? You hopefully will get the kind of guy you want, but you have to adjust. For example, when we went into Detroit, there was a pretty good nucleus of players there. So why would I come in and change the nucleus? You've got Indomitian Sue, who's a force, right, on the inside, who's been playing in that particular position in the 4-3. We had come from Baltimore, Terrell Austin and I, and Terrell had been running a 3-4 in Baltimore. And so I said, hey, listen, we're not going to do that. We're going to change that, and we're going to make certain that we run 4-3 and use the personnel we have that suits us. We had Stephen Tulloch. We had so many guys running around there doing a great job, and all we needed to do was give them a little direction. Offensively, you've got a quarterback like Matthew. You've got to find out what he does best. It took us a little bit longer than I would have liked to in terms of finding out where he's best, but he's more suited for these spread offenses a little bit more. A little bit more one back. He's not great. When I say he's not a great two-back guy, he can play anything. Anyway, in terms of offensive scheme, but I think he's more effective when you spread people out for him. He was extremely effective for us when we finally got them spread out a little bit more, and he played extremely well. So the point is, I'm going to adapt to the individuals we have access to, and I think that's what you have to do. Oftentimes, you have coaches who are trying to fit a round peg and a square hole, which to me is you waste a whole lot of time. And not only that, you're going to get yourself fired in a very short period of time. It's a win-now league, end quote. All right, so there it is. Jim Caldwell taking a little bit of a shot and a swipe at Matt Patricia. All right? And he's not wrong in saying it. I'm just tired of hearing it. All right? Jim Caldwell also had a lousy offensive coordinator in Joe Lombardi. Jim Caldwell also had an offensive line coach in Ron Prince that the players hated and nobody got better. The O-line regressed under Jim Caldwell. All right? Caldwell did win 11 games. Caldwell won nine games twice. Never won a playoff game. Never won a division. Never hosted a playoff game. He went on to say, Caldwell... I think leadership is far too underestimated in terms of directing teams, particularly in the NFL. There are a lot of people who get caught up with those individuals that might try to wow you in terms of what they might know in terms of knowledge of the game from an offensive standpoint or a defensive standpoint. Gurus have been labeled as such. But nevertheless, what it boils down to is being able to lead a team, and not everybody can do that. I think more more so than anything else, you've got to lead by example. That's a great. There's a great book that says... Lead by example, and when all else fails, use words, and I believe that. End quote. There you go. So more shots being taken at Matt Patricia by Jim Caldwell. Here's all I want to say on it. Jim Caldwell is right on a lot of things. 
All right. He's correct that that Patricia thought he was a guru, that Patricia didn't do what he should have done with this roster. More people wanted a leader in that locker room like a Caldwell. But here's the bottom line. The next coach of this team better do a lot better at the end than Matt Patricia and Caldwell. Let's not erect a statue of this gentleman outside of either Ford Field or 222 Rod Wood Drive. Stop it. I know I'm going to read the comments on MLive.com. I'm going to read the comments on Facebook. I'll see the comments on Twitter. Oh, but Caldwell, Caldwell, Caldwell. Jim did an interview and was asked a question by Adam Schefter, and he was a class act in his answer. But can we stop, please, with deifying him and building him a statue? Jim Caldwell had timeout issues. Jim Caldwell had red flag issues when he was coaching this team. And everybody wanted better when he got let go. All right? What was the knock on Caldwell? Couldn't beat good teams. Well, not, Patricia couldn't beat anybody. Good teams, bad teams, didn't matter. Coming up next, Daryl Bevel. I had a quote from yesterday. I need to revisit today about what he said yesterday about the future, his future with the Lions. First, thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment or overbearing sports parents, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, they've joined another league, and that is the League of Football Watchers. These football, This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch. Pepsi is a refreshment you need to power through any game day. That includes tomorrow at 340 when the Steelers and Ravens play. Get yourself something to eat. Have a Pepsi or two next to you. It makes it so much more enjoyable. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Daryl Bevel is the assistant uh, coach that was uh, given the opportunity by Rod Wood and Sheila Ford Hamp to run the Lions these last five games. The Lions currently sit at four and seven. As we know... The Lions get to play some difficult, uh, have some difficult tests coming up. The Chicago Bears, the Green Bay Packers, the Tampa Bay Bucks, the Tennessee Titans, and the Minnesota Vikings. So the Lions are going to be playing some pretty decent teams coming up. Daryl Bevel is an offensive coordinator that, to me, has been underwhelming over the last couple of years. Yet, the players like him. And he made the point yesterday of saying it's time to have some fun that we can still work hard, we can still play hard, but we can also have some fun to end this season. Bevel also made it a point, and he was very good on his Zoom call yesterday. He was very uh, uh, af- excuse me, affable, and um, you know, all the, the beat writers were raving about how great he was and how much fun he was. He was at like the Henry Ford Museum on Saturday with his family when he got the call, you're taking over. So Bevel also made a point of saying that Rod Wood, Lions team president of football and business operations, let's get that straight, Rod Wood made it a point, or Daryl Bevel made it a point of saying that Rod Wood told him he would have an opportunity to possibly become the team's head coach permanently, and that yes, these last five games they'll take a close look at him as an audition. 
Here's my question on that. What? Why? Who? What's going on here? Who's hiring the next head coach? That's the question. Who is hiring the next head coach of the Detroit Lions? As they search for a general manager, isn't the next general manager hiring the next head coach? Are they going to hire a coach first, which has happened before, and then a general manager? What's the plan in Allen Park? What is SFH, Sheila Fordham, and Rod Wood's plan? And why is a guy who, when he was hired in 2015 as president of business operations and president of the Lions, why is a guy that said, I'm not a football guy, telling an interim coach he's got a chance at being the head coach? Who is hiring the next head coach? Is Rod Wood? Because if they interview a bunch of general manager candidates and the GMs say, we have a list. And Rod Wood says, cool. Is Daryl Bevel on the list? Because the Lions, our team played pretty hard these last five weeks. They, they, they really took to uh, Daryl Bevel. Isn't the new general manager it, it, it have all the right to look Rod Wood and Sheila Ford Hamp in the eye and say, I'm not hiring him. Could the new general manager not hire the head coach? If Daryl Bevel does well and Rod and Sheila want Daryl to stick around? Why would Rod Wood tell Daryl Bevel, you got a chance? Now, again, maybe it's just talk. Maybe it's just him being nice. Maybe Rod Wood's trying to motivate Daryl Bevel. All of those things are possible. But what I worry about, as somebody that is rooting for this organization to get it right, is that they're going to keep this guy around. Now, again, I don't expect them to win next week. I don't expect them to beat Green Bay. I don't expect them to beat Tennessee. I don't expect them to beat Tampa Bay. And I don't expect them to beat Minnesota either. The Minnesota game is at home. Maybe they win the last one. If Daryl Bevel pulls some sort of rabbit out of his hat and this team wins four games, (laughs) give him a lot of credit. Wow. But don't give him the job. This was a guy out of football a couple of years ago. When teams talk about coaching, coaching openings, head coaching openings, Houston head coaching opening, Jacksonville will have a head coaching opening, right? Teams are looking for coaches right now. The Chargers are going to have a head coaching opening. Is Daryl Bevel going to be on their list? No, no offense, but he hasn't done a good job here. So I just, you know, Rod Wood saying, yeah, he's got a shot, but who's calling the shots? I I just, that bothers me. To me, let's get a general manager in here that's going to hire his guy. I understand the last, the last guy hired his guy and it was a disaster. But Rod Wooden should be Rod Wood shouldn't be hiring a coach or having a hand or say in that at all, is my point. And I root for Daryl Bevel. He seems like a good guy. I hope he does well. But he he's not he's not a top candidate. Not in my eyes. 
And you hear Richard Sherman today, the 49ers defensive back? He said Robert Sala should go to Detroit. He belongs in Detroit. The Lions must hire him. Have you heard any players say, current players, tweet out or say a word about Matt Patricia getting let go? No one said a word. Here's a current player, Richard Sherman with the Niners, already telling the Lions to hire Robert Sala. How about that? Got some Mitch Trubisky numbers for you when we come back. First, you want to break through your wall? You having a rough day? You need some energy, but you're tired of those fake energy drinks that aren't lasting, aren't natural? That's why you need Built Go. Built Go is the solution to breaking through your wall. What is your wall? Whether it's a mental or physical wall, break through it with Built Go every day. Easy to take in one and a half ounce packages. You put it in your briefcase for the most focused presentation ever. Your golf bag to power through that back nine. Put it in your back pocket to get through the day. Built Go is the best workout gel on the market. It's like a five-hour energy drink without the same crash feeling. Plus, it's natural, so it's better for the body. And and it tastes good. I love the peanut butter honey flavor. It's a gel. You eat it, you put it in your mouth and eat it. It's great. The honey, peanut butter honey, chocolate, coconut, chocolate, mint, they are all good. Built Go combines energy gel with collagen protein. It's awesome. And you look better, too. Visit BuiltGo.com. Go to the website. Use a promo code LOCKED, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Promo code LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D, for 20% off at BuiltGo.com. Let's go. All right, last segment here coming up on the show Thursday. Lauren Cox from Locked on Bears. We will talk to him and get a preview in our Thursday crossover. Um, Chicago on Sunday. I don't know if you're rooting for the Lions, how you're going to watch these last few games. You're rooting them to lose all the games so they can get a higher draft pick. I, I, I don't want to get into that. We're going to talk about the games because you guys are Lions fans, and that's why you're tuned in. All right, so I'm not going to just do tank talk the entire time. But on Sunday, the Lions are going to be facing Chicago. The Bears have lost five in a row. Their season is spiraling out of control at five and six. So Detroit's going into Chicago as a three and a half point underdog. The Bears shouldn't be favored against Canton High School and Andy LaFada, let alone anybody. But anyway. Mitchell Trubisky is back as a starting quarterback for the Bears with the injury to Nick Foles. What does that mean? Mitch Trubisky has a career record of 4-2 and two in his four years against the Lions. The last three years against Matt Patricia, Mitch Trubisky, because he missed one start. Uh, that was when Chase Daniel beat the Lions. Mitch Trubisky, when he starts against the Lions, is 4-0. and oh, And as a passer rating against Detroit, of 124.4. This is from my crack research staff. He has 12 touchdown passes against Detroit. One interception. One interception in his career. If you recall earlier this season in the Lions 27-23 choke job loss to the Bears in week one, Mitchie Boy threw for 242, three touchdowns, no picks, and a passer rating of 104.2. Again, his career passer rating is 85.5. But against the Lions, it's 40 points higher. And on top of that, this season, Trubisky has passer rating of 104.2 against Detroit. But his other games, Giants game, 78. 
Atlanta game, 71. And this past Sunday against Green Bay, 74. He's terrible. Terrible. He's so bad the Bears didn't even pick up his option, and he's been benched already this year. But kryptonite awaits. Not kryptonite. uh, The opposite of kryptonite. Mitch Trubisky's eyes are lighting up because Sunday at Soldier Field, Bear down, Chicago Bears. It's it's Mitchy. It's Mitchapalooza time because the lie downs are coming to town. Unbelievable. Those are some sick numbers. The Lions, the Lions can't can't let him beat them again. Can they? It's possible. Locked On Lions on a Tuesday, December 1st. We're into December on the Locked On Podcast Network. We're back. We are back again with you tomorrow. Happy birthday, by the way, to former Lion and our good friend, Richard Dirt Jordan. Talk to you tomorrow.